Hello and welcome to Podularity, the online books programme that brings you authors and books in a pod. My name is George Miller, and to mark the 20th anniversary of the Berlin Wall coming down, I'm delighted to say that we have an interview with Heather Reyes, one of the editors of a brand new anthology of writing on Berlin, published this week by Oxygen Books. Unlike many anthologies of writing about cities, this book, in the City Lit series, avoids a pitfall of plodding dutifully through centuries of travellers' accounts, and opts instead for an approach that is resolutely modern, fresh, and even quirky. The chapters are themed, and although the familiar names Isherwood, Len Dayton, Dublin, are there, one of the chief pleasures of the book is discovering a host of new names, writers in English and in German, translated by Heather's co-editor, Katie Derbyshire. When I met Heather in London last week, I wanted to know how the City Lit series came about. Well, the actual series started as a result um, of a holiday in Greece. I'd always wanted to go to Athens, and we finally got there. It was quite different from what we expected. Although we had all the guidebooks, we couldn't quite get our heads around the place. And um, uh, my husband said, I really wish that there was some kind of really good anthology, seeing the place through writers' eyes, getting, get, getting to know it in a, in a different kind of way from what the guidebooks can do. And we tried to find a book, um, obviously nothing in Athens. Um, and he said, well, you know, I wonder if there, if there isn't anything like this. Maybe I feel like doing it myself. We came back home and we did some research and found, although there were a few anthologies, there was nothing quite of the kind that we wanted, which was with mainly modern writing, okay, some older writing, but um, mainly modern up-to-date writing and a variety, not just long pieces of heavy literary stuff. It, it just didn't seem to be there, really. So we said, well, why don't we do it? That sounds fun. It's something we'd like to do. We felt that between us, we had some of the basic skills that it would take and um, a little bit of money, not very much, but a little bit of money to back us up. And um, we just dived in and did it. Um, started Oxygen Books. That's how the series started. We decided to do Paris first because it was a city we knew very, very, very well indeed and, and French speakers and, and knew a lot about the literature. So we started off with Paris. We were going to do other cities next and so on and then we were advised by Waterstones that it would be a good idea to do London next so <laughs> I'm afraid you do take notice of Waterstones and so we did London next which, which again was great fun and interestingly although it's place where we've kind of more or less lived all our lives we found that we got to see it differently as a result of doing the book um, and we hope that that would be the same for people actually reading the book whether they were native Londoners or um, people coming from abroad again that was great fun but I think that Berlin the one that's, that's just about to come out has been the most fun and the most revelatory and seems to have really kind of hit a nerve and I, th I think it's obviously it's partly because of the anniversary of the wall falling but I think it's the nature of Berlin itself and maybe partly the nature of the collection because we worked with a young German co-editor in, in Berlin and she was able to provide material that we commissioned translations for things that hadn't been seen in English before and I think that added a little extra something to it as well as using some of the classic texts, um, Alfred Dublin and um, yeah, Lynn Date and John Le Carré and all, uh, Christopher Isherwood and all the, the, the usual suspects, but lots of new stuff as well. And a few surprising pieces, like um, one of my favourites is a little piece by the cellist um, Ostropovich about when he heard about the, the wall coming down, he actually went to the wall 
borrowed a chair from the Springer Building and sat and played the cello. And in fact, I was watching French TV last night and there was footage of him actually actually playing there. Somebody, an amateur photographer, had taken um, some shots. And um, that, I found that really moving just to actually see what we had, uh, the piece that we put in our book. And I, I found that was a, a lovely little an absolute gem it's only very short one of my favorites too i wrote down oh, rostropovich on my on my index card oh, really? and i like the fact oh, he, so he borrowed a chair he went and played by the wall then he packed up had yes. a bottle of champagne and went back to oh, paris, paris. <laughs> yes, that's right. yes well i suppose you can afford to do that if you're rostropovich but but the fact that he just wanted to do it and didn't announce it didn't make a big thing of it just a few people collected around him and it was something that was so heartfelt i mean and he was such a lovely man anyway i, I saw him all the way once i just yeah, I just felt that was that, that really was um, a lovely piece. I'm so glad you liked it as well. One of the things I liked about the book was that you didn't, as you said, you didn't feel any duty to plod chronologically, you know, through no, through the no. city's history, and you didn't sort of zone it by by regions. No. You had a, you have got a much more fluid, eclectic, imaginative yes. approach. I mean, tell yes. me tell me how the how the book is sort of uh, structured. Well, it's, it's divided into, obviously it's divided into sections, all the volumes are divided into sections. And we always start with a section which is basically about the love of the city, the excitement of the city. You, you need that at the very beginning. Then really, I suppose here is the next section is out and about. It's the kind of some of the tourist sites and so on, but perhaps seen in a slightly different way. There's a lovely piece from Anna Winger's novel where she uses the underground system and because it appears to be free, <laughs> because there's nothing to actually stop it, somebody checking your tickets and of course she, um, um, she gets caught. And that's, I don't know, it's just a little bit of, it's like a travel tip, like don't try to get away with it because there are inspectors, but it's done in a very imaginative, creative kind of way. The next section is really about Berliners. I mean, both Berliners generally and specific Berliners both from the past and, and the present. And again, trying to be a little bit offbeat about that. There's one piece in there about um, a Berlin policeman that solves lots of crimes, and um, but should be better known, but he, but he isn't. Um, uh, a piece about um, Hans Christian Andersen visiting Berlin and falling in love and so on. And um, so trying to, trying to choose things that are not, obviously uh, David Bowie is there as well, cycling around Berlin, couldn't leave him out. Um, and Valina Dietrich, of course. Um, but try not to be perhaps too obvious. I think that's that's the thing. We try to, with all the sections and the way that the sections are organised, trying always to be a little bit surprising, not putting too many of the same kinds of pieces together, keeping the reader kind of not knowing quite what's going to come next and being a little bit surprising. Um, obviously, there's a section called Money, 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 which is <laughs> about being rich and poor in Berlin. There is one section, obviously the past is another country, which is a little bit chronological. I mean, I think when you're dealing with a city, a city is essentially its history. As you walk about any city, you get a sense of the city's past. So we felt that we had to do that and taking it from about the 18th century up to the present. But again, hopefully doing it in an imaginative kind of way that didn't appear to be too plodding, at least I hope not. Then there's a section, the Tale of Two Cities, we've called it, obviously then the city is split. Then the wall comes something down, it's, an obvious, it's rather an obvious title. But And again, seeing it through both through fiction and through non-fiction, and sometimes through very funny pieces. I mean, Thomas Brussig, Heroes Like Us, where he gives this wonderful account of how the wall really fell which, yeah, it's very satirical, it's ferociously funny all the way through, and uh, a wonderful book, and I hope that people will be encouraged to read that, because that is already translated. There's another piece by him in there, 
which is from a text which hasn't been translated before. And again, one is hoping that maybe there might be some British publishers out there that may get hold of it and think, hang on a minute, this is, this is good, and um, maybe, maybe take it up and um, commission a translation of it. There was an article in the bookseller a few weeks ago, in fact, written by my, my partner in the in Oxygen Books, uh, about the whole growth of interest in German literature, actually, in, in Britain. Um, and he interviewed people like Peter Florence and um, various uh, illuminaries of German literature. And everybody feels that there is something not just about the war anymore, that there is an interest in the new Germany um, and, and the fiction that it's throwing up because it does seem to be much more exciting. And I hope that continues. Tell me about the dark side because inevitably part of Berlin's story is about the dark side. So how did you, how did you get that in focus? It's got to do justice. I think having gone to Berlin and seeing how Berlin itself, I've called it wears its past on its sleeve um, in my introduction, it doesn't try to cover up its past. It acknowledges it. It's, I mean, like in the, the Holocaust Memorial, which is absolutely, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing experience just to walk through it. There is a section in here, for example, visiting it at night. I didn't want to make it the obvious thing, but um, it's, it's in a novel which um, involves going there at night. And to me, that gave a sense of, of the darkness of it as well as the yeah but but again and try not to get it out of proportion it's very very easy particularly with an english audience to perhaps overdo the dark version of it but i think using some of the modern the very modern stuff the the young german writers the the post-war generation who are perhaps thinking of other things and the the fun of berlin trying to trying to it's definitely there but trying to just to show all the sides of it i mean Every city has its dark side. I, I really like the fact that you, I mean, there are other anthologies about cities and there's a tendency to fall into travellers pieces, you know, 19th century travellers. I like the fact that you had both indigenous Berliners and Germans who'd moved to Berlin and also foreigners yes. who'd made their home in Berlin. There was a, there's a lot of sort of even, even temporary homes, but there yes. were lots of people who had decided to, 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 to commit to the city in some sense. Yes, yes. I mean, one of our, our policies that, that, that we decided on, uh, as part of the variety that we wanted in our collections, and all of, in all of them, was to get in as many different national voices, if you want to call them that, as, as possible on the city. So that I think quite often outsiders can have a clearer view of certain aspects of a city sometimes things that you're so used to when you live in a city that you don't actually see anymore and somebody coming from the outside can, can give them a fresh view on. Yes, and Berlin, obviously, like, like all European cities, is, is a city of immigrants, is a city of people making it their temporary home, and it wouldn't be true to the city not to have those voices there. So it was very important to us. It was a very deliberate kind of policy, if you like, in the book, in a way to try to be true to the truth of the city, as it were. You really get the sense of a city which is in perpetual state of change and even, mm. even flux in a way that with Paris or Venice, I imagine that they're, they're more like museum pieces. Yes. They're sort of yes. beautiful, but sort yes. of set yes. in their ways. Yes, with, with Berlin, you get the yes. sense of constant sort of turmoil. Yes, I think because, um, in fact, we've been, I have been working on Venice, we just bring it out later in, in 2010, and it's been much more difficult to find stuff that doesn't present Venice, the museum city. It's a challenge, we'll, we'll do it, but it's a challenge. 
again, it's the truth of Berlin is that it, it is in a state of flux and of change and always has been, I think. The more texts you read about the city, whether fictional or non-fiction, the more you realise it is just this fantastic ball of energy and all sorts of both negative and positive energy. And out of that comes the power to, I mean, when you look at what the devastation during the Second World War, and to actually take, pick the city up brick by brick, literally, and build it up again. I mean, the human energy to do that and, and the psychological energy to do that makes it a very, very special place, I think. Maybe part of it is this, because it's a, a crossing point from people from many different cultures and nationalities, and that is part of what maybe gives it its energy. Maybe, Heather, I can ask you finally for your own tips, either writers you discovered when you were preparing this or corners of the city that you discovered or just anything that you know that surprised or delighted you in, in, in researching this book? The thing that I, I enjoyed discovering most about actually going to the city was the people and their attitude and their wish to kind of share their city with you in all sorts of ways. One of my favourite pieces in the book is um, by C. Snootboom, the Dutch writer, All Souls Day, which starts off with Schiller's bookstore um, in Berlin. And that has a very, very special place in our um, um, discovery of Berlin because we went there on, I think it was our first or second day there. And the reception we got when we told them that we were interested in German literature and planning to bring out um, a book of uh, an anthology of it was just amazing. Showing us books invited us to um, a reading that evening where we met a new American writer Anna Winger who's got some pieces in here and to go to a reading in Mitte, the Mitte district the old, in the old East Berlin in the most unlikely looking place but a place when we first went in it, it really didn't we thought we were in the wrong place it was like a rundown bar in the backwoods of Essex or something and suddenly it filled up with people of the the, the most amazing kind of creative range of people and I think we learnt a, a great deal about the spirit of Berlin from that one little experience. In terms of individual writers, I think Chloe Origis, who has just written a book called Book of Clouds, she was one of my discoveries and I think it's a lovely book, I would recommend it to anybody. Also there's an Indian writer in there, Salil Tripathi, who has written in, in terms of non-fiction. It's somebody I've discovered is, is, is a journalist and he has written a number of pieces on different cities that we'll be using. And very, very thoughtful, uh, lovely, intelligent pieces. And I think he's, he's got a lot going for him as, as a writer in the future. In terms of young German writers, people like, yes, Thomas Brussig, I think. Um, he's, I mean, he's not terribly young, but, but he's one of the more recent ones. And he is certainly worth a lot of time, I think. I was talking to Heather Reyes about City Lit Berlin, which she co-edited with Katie Derbyshire. The book is out now in paperback and is warmly recommended for anyone planning to visit or revisit the city, or even just wanting to visit in their imagination. That's all for this edition of Podularity, but the next programme will feature my extensive interview with 2009 Booker Prize winner Hilary Mantel, which I delayed for a week because of the anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to iTunes and typing Podularity in the search box. It's free, quick and easy. I hope you'll join me again next time. And until then, thank you very much for listening and goodbye.